March 2022, and after the COVID crisis, In the Weeds is back. Today, I'm visiting Bigner Park Gardens, somewhere I only discovered last year, and I'm going to be chatting to the head gardener there. Here we are, it's the middle of March, and uh, I'm at Bigner Park, uh, which is a privately owned estate near Pulborough in West Sussex and I'm with Louise Elliott who's the head gardener here. Hello Louise. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really glad it's not absolutely tipping down with rain because I checked the weather forecast for today and it was by now it should be 80% chance of rain so yes. like, uh, we're sitting in a beautiful glass house. Yes, yeah. And, a Victorian uh, greenhouse. Yes, that's, we've actually recently, well probably about four years ago had to restore it um, but no, it's really special. It's a lovely place. Oh, it's absolutely wonderful. And this area is all glazed. It's quite big, but not intimidating, no, is it? It's that's right. Sort yes. of, uh, I don't know, can a, can a glass house be cosy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then beyond that, there's an area that used to be a greenhouse, but isn't any longer, is it? No, that's right. Uh, it sort of fell into disrepair, I think, gradually. And then it, maybe in the 70s, I think, glass started falling out and so they had to take it all out but we use the frame for growing plants up and it's sort of a little bit rusty and just rustic really it's very rustic it's beautiful and that area although it's well it is outside um at the moment you've got a a whole row of beautiful daffodils out yes that's right yes and hellebores as well, so which are my one of my favourite plants, ah. especially at this time of year. That you know they're they're wonderful. Um, so yes, and it, it the garden obviously is ever changing, um, but this time of year there's certain areas that are really very special, yeah. um, and then others not so, and then you know other parts of the garden come into their own a bit later on in the year. So. Yeah. So uh, do you have areas that are um, you would you concentrate on for spring, particularly. Um, I think well, possibly it's areas where people come in. Um, it's a, a sort of a try and make it a bit of a wire factor, and then we've got a big parkland uh, past the house, which is uh, now all the rhododendrons and camellias are starting to come out. Yeah. Well, and that is massive daffodils okay. so in, it is a real lovely spring garden up there yeah um, and then just patches in the sort of more form form gardens yeah, yeah beautiful because yeah. in addition to those daffodils I know that um, although they're not visible at the moment later on you'll have hostas coming that's through right yes in that yes. area yeah. and at the moment there's a fantastic beautiful two lovely big shrubs of Coronilla, yeah, <laughs> which smell, they're so beautiful, they smell, especially in the evening, yeah. um, and a lovely, it's quite a pale yellow, uh, and yes, it's really special. Yeah. Yeah. Is it very tender, that plant? Because it, it looks very delicate. Yeah. It is slightly tender, oh, okay. so in that area it's very sheltered, and it has quite a wayward, sort of relaxed atmosphere. Um, what's the word habit Um, so it needs to be it's quite good against a wall so you can tie it up a bit else it it does tend to sort of flop around well it looks in such (laughs) good health there good spirits and beautiful what a lovely scent as well 
Um, okay, so you're the head gardener here. Yes. <laughs> and how long have you been? At so the, at I have Park? been here eleven years My now. It's February, God. so it's gone by so quickly. Yeah. Um, so I came as head gardener when the previous gardener was deciding that he wanted, I think, to retire, mm. and it coincided where, with. Um, present Lord and Lady Mersey, Ned and Claire, who uh, have a wedding licence here, so they wanted to, to develop the garden to make it beautiful so that people obviously were getting married here um, and they actually get married in the garden, not not in the house, but oh, in the garden. Right. Yes. Oh, right. Where do they get married? So we garden? have a thing called a loggia, Greek loggia. Okay. Um, and that has the the license, so you have to be undercover. I think maybe the law has changed now, but you used to could only get married if it was undercover. So okay. this Greek loggia is the place where people marry. Mm -hmm. And then the guests all sit on the lawn. Um, obviously, it's very weather dependent. So yes. it's all a bit, quite often, it's marquees. Okay. Um, but, you know, depending on the weather, it's lovely if you don't have a marquee. Yes. Um, and then... There's different areas where people have their actual reception and depending on how big the wedding is. So mm. it's a very sort of, um, it's a relaxed, lovely environment and people can do wh whatever wedding they want really. Yes, so, they can adapt yeah. it to whatever they exactly, need. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So is, is that sort of one of the main things that goes on here at Absolutely. Park, the weddings? Yeah. That's yes. Sort of, yes. Yeah. So we don't, because it's still a family home, Yes. Um, so they don't want to do it every weekend, um, you know, every day or whatever. So we generally have about 14 weddings oh. a year. Okay. Um, and obviously it's in the summer months, but... Starting from, I think we've got one, our first one is April, beginning of April this year, um, and then goes through normally to September, occasionally we have them in October as well. Right. So it's probably, I don't know, two or three weddings a, in a month, yeah. or, you know, in the height of the summer, perhaps more than that. But yeah. So it's really important that the garden looks good. Uh, all year round. Yes. And the other thing <laughs> is that people are coming to look at the garden uh, to, to see if it, it you know, would suit them as right. a wedding venue any time of year, and quite often they'll come in January. Oh, right. Uh, so, again, the garden has to look nice yeah. even in the winter. So, oh, <laughs> so is it open? Are the gardens open all year for people to come and look mm. at anyway, or is it no. just. Yeah. No, so we open for the National Garden Scheme. Yes. <clears throat> so, we do that three, normally three times a year. Yeah. Um, and then we do things like for the Petworth Festival, we have um, concerts in the garden, um, mm. some theatre productions. Oh. Uh, so, you know, it, it's it's quite exciting, really. And then we, we're also, we've had photo shoots, you know, fashion shoots here. Right. Um, 
and yeah, in magazine shoots and yes. so yes, also so, always something going on. Yes, but quieter yes. in the winter months, would you say? Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. is that when you can get on with a lot of the? Yes, um, quite often. Um, I've been lucky in the last few years, obviously before COVID, where in the winter I've had some nice holidays. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, yes, we we get everything sort of really up and just tidy and then ready um, now I, I sort of feel quite relaxed that it's all un, under control and yeah. weed free and what have you and then uh, by about May I'm like oh no looking around oh that everything's growing that? stop growing <laughs> <laughs> the thing is I'm actually only part time here oh right okay yeah. so um, I normally do about 10 hours a week, that's all. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I do a bit more in the summer, but uh, so because I, I do other, I live in Emsworth okay. down on the coast, um, and I do designing um, replanted people's gardens. I have a few sort of clients that I probably go like three times a year just to. Um, maintain the garden and right. keep it up to scratch so Gosh. so I'm quite busy very busy so sometimes it's a bit of a juggling act yes yeah do you have a team here well we do we have a team but we're we're all self-employed right. um and so we have Kirsten who is cuts does the lawn um she does weeding her um husband is sort of gamekeeper here he does you know lots of fencing that sort of thing we have a chap peter who he comes and does all the topiary the hedges um any sort of smaller tree work that sort of thing Mm -hmm. and it's very helpful for me if i want a bigger job if i need a tree planting or something like that then i was like oh peter yes volunteer who comes she's been coming 10 years goodness me yes yes so she comes normally on a tuesday um and so yes so it's It's quite a big area for a a smallish team and not all full-time on the garden by any means that's right it is uh Yes, I don't quite know how it works, really. It's amazing. Yeah. Because how big is the garden? The, I mean, the garden as opposed to the estate. You um, actually, I know this sounds terrible. I don't, I don't really don't you know. Just, you haven't got time to find out. You're head down and you're just working through it. Oh, OK. Um, I mean, the garden is split. The, so we have the, for, in, the formal gardens. Yes. Which is split up into areas. So we've got the Dutch garden, the ceremony garden the harp garden, the orchard, the quadrangle, and then we've got the big parkland, uh, which I really don't ever have any chance to do much in at all. We do... That's dealt with by other people on the estate. Well, it's not really... It just 
looks oh. after itself. I mean, okay. what happens is we always have a meeting in October yeah. and we walk around the garden, uh, Claire and uh, myself and Peter, and we just see what needs doing. And then it's normally Peter will be, you know, if the rhododendrons need, I don't know, cutting down, some of them have died, anything. Yeah. Or we decide, oh, we'll plant some bulbs in that area there. Mm. So we, it's a lot of planning in the winter. Yes. And things are done in the winter. But then really throughout the, from spring through the summer, it, it just kind of looks after itself, really. Goodness. Yeah. Because I, I know um, uh, the estate itself is about 1,100 acres. No, not the garden. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, am I right in thinking it could be nine acres altogether? Probably, yeah, probably is something yeah. like that. It's yeah. ten, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's nine, yeah nine or yeah, ten, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. It's, it's big enough. It is big, yes. Um, yeah. But the, the, so the whole estate, it, I mean, it's just beautiful because it's, um, although you're very near Pulborough and Petworth, you're just surrounded by these little villages. Yes. Of, like yes. Places like um, I don't know, Bury and Bigna. And oh, I think we talked about you're not far from the Roman village. That's, That's right. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's the South Downs National Park. It here, is, isn't yes. it? Yeah. And oh, you you really don't you you're completely sheltered yes. and quiet and it is lovely. It's incredible. And we have amazing views. Um, if you walk up to the house. The, the view is all of the South Downs and it's beautiful, mm. beautiful, mm. yeah. And you said that the, um, the family owning it, uh, family living in the house now, uh, it, this house has been in their family for a long time? Yes, yes, um, okay, I'm, not, I'm not sure. It hasn't been for hundreds of years. No, no, but maybe a hundred years or yes. so. Yes, oh, more than that, oh. I think, yes. Um, so the family's history is that I think so. Ned, who is Lord Mersey, his great grand, or even it might be his great grandfather, was a judge on the Titanic. Um, In, investi yes, the investigation exactly, that went into it. Exactly. Really? Yes, and so he was oh. given the title of Lord Mersey. Oh, so right. yes, oh. and so that's that, that's the history of it really. And then okay. um, I think Ned's grandmother Kitty was very inter interested in the garden, and so she did a, a lot of things like she planted laburnums all the way the glass house bit that we were talking about. There yeah. was it, there's laburnums which were planted there in the, in I think the seventies. Um, so she she had quite a big influence on the garden. Okay, um, and then yes. the the present family came yes. here in about twenty ten or something. Was yes, it? I think so. Ned inherited it when his father died. Yeah, and they uh, lived in London, and so it was quite a big thing to move down here and take on, you know, obviously a very big estate, and he is in the music business. So one of the um, buildings has been turned into his studio, so um, he composes and um, does, he does his music. And then the state is run by, you know, we have tenant farmers and it's right. all organic. Um, 
So yeah. yes, it's it's sort of run. We have an estate manager, um, and then you know several cottages on the estate and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, yes. And it's from what I've read about the the estate. It, they're very keen on this or, or on organic oh, yes. work and yes. the environment. They've done yes. lots of things to they kind have. of improve habitats. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, and I think, yes, I, I'm not really involved in no, that. So no, I, no. I, I But it's nice so, that you're yes. kind of involved in, you know, this, this is the whole push in, yes. in, in a wider sense and then it kind of like mirrors yes. what you're, I guess, yes. trying to do well, the in garden, the gardens. Well, the garden, we do try and be very organic as much as possible yeah um i mean like the hostas we put down the these pelleted wall um around when they're just about coming out um which helps to keep the slugs away i hate to say it very occasionally in the summer i do have to put a slug pellet down but it is only you know i don't use them very often yeah um so we do try to be um as organic i don't spray um, the plants, um, I, I try to feed them, you know, I don't spray the roses or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I always sort of give them a good start in the spring with yeah. some good, nice road, rose fertiliser. Um, and so, yes, it, it is, it is. Grow them healthy and yes. they yeah. stay healthy. Yes. Yeah. So what about you, Louise? Where did you, all this love of gardening come <laughs> from? Are, are you, um, are you a Sussex Born and bred, or you? No, um, so um, I grew up in the Midlands, and oh. we moved down to Sussex when I was fourteen um, to Horsham, and I really wasn't into gardening. But my mum is. I mean, my mum has done it professionally, and so I think it is in my blood. Yeah. And it all started when I got my first garden. Really, we when I got married, we moved to Hazelmere. And I had a, a good-sized garden, and so my mum started me off, um, and then I had, I've got three girls, and when, even when they were babies, I used to put them to bed and then go outside and garden till it got dark. <laughs> uh, Gardener's World was my sort of, you know, hat to Your watch go-to. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I am completely self-taught, completely other than obviously being taught by my mum yes uh, but I have no professional uh, you know I haven't been to college or anything like that um but what I did I think is because I was so passionate about it Mm. I would go to um all these sort of unusual plant fairs um nurseries who specialize in you know different plants and I used to buy them and then read up where they came from in the world, what, uh, you know, what in the environment they liked and learnt their name, their Latin names. Yes. So that's how I sort of started off. And right. I suppose gardening is always a bit trial and error anyway. And sometime in a book, someone will say, oh, this plant, likes the sunshine and then you try it in a bit in the shade and it works or vice versa Mm. um so yes and so i've been gardening now so i'm 62 now and probably i was about 27 28 when i started and then professionally 
it was really when my girls got a little older and yes. I used to, uh, we had a cottage garden in Fiddleworth which we opened for the National Garden Scheme. Right, that's a charity that does a... Yes. Um, well, it's, it's an organisation that allows you to visit gardens. Yes, that's okay. right. Yes, it's, it's uh, a national yes, garden scheme that uh, raises money. Mainly, I think it started off for uh, Macmillan, the nurses, um, but now it raises money for lots and lots of charities. Yeah, fantastic. And it's lovely because, I mean, my garden was only a smallish cottage garden, but obviously Bigner is a big garden, and so people love going because they see all different types of gardens, not yes. just a, a stately home, if yes. you see what I mean. <laughs> When you normally um, when you think of an estate garden, yes. it's not this kind of no. garden you're thinking about, really. Is it? Uh, it's eleven hundred acres or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> how I sort of got involved was, you know, people would come and say, "Oh, I, oh, I wish I had a garden like this," mm. and then I sort of thought, well, perhaps I could go and start doing it for people, and then I, I think it was because. When a lot of people who open for the Natural Garden Scheme are maybe a little older, and so it's quite unusual for a sort of someone a bit younger with young children to do it. Mm. And so we did have a lot of publicity. We were in magazines, we were on television, oh, because yeah. I, th I think it was, yes, we were a good advert for yes, it, really. Yeah, yeah. And so, again, because of that, uh, my name got around a bit, and so it's, it's been sort of gradual, really. Yeah. A lot of word of mouth and yes. that sort of thing, so, yes. But it's amazing that you got into it professionally with, with really no yes. sort of... I mean, I, if your mother was a professional gardener... Yes. You, yes. Had, you had your own private tuition. Yes, I you? did, yes. <laughs> and prior to coming into the gardening world... Yes. So your training before that, none of that was oh, to do with gardening and horticulture? No, I, I had quite... I, I, when I look back, I think I'm quite pleased with uh, what I've done career-wise. I started off, I wanted to marry a farmer. <laughs> so I thought, oh, I did a farm secretarial course at Brinsbury in Pulborough. Right. And the bit I loved most was the farming side of things rather than the secretarial side. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, when it came out of that, I couldn't, there were very, very little jobs around. And okay. especially a lot of them go to people who are from that sort of background. Yeah. So I was coming up with, oh. So I ended up using the secretarial and bookkeeping keeping skills I went and worked for a theatre agency in London oh, wow. which was great yes. I used to go to theatre a lot I loved it I did that for about four years then I got a little sick of London and then I went I was flying I was a stewardess for BA so I did that for again about four years it seems to be a bit of a recurring thing <laughs> Um, and so I did short haul, not, not long haul, but short haul. Yes. And then I got married and it didn't really work with my husband did nine to five, Monday to Friday. And so it didn't really work. Mm. So I then, by then it was time to start a family, so, which I did. Um, but I 
didn't work, I was lucky that I could be a stay-at-home mum. Yeah, and get involved in your and garden. Get, exactly, and that's, what, and that's how it all happened. But it's, it's interesting that it's, there's kind of a link back to the farming, isn't yes, there? Yes, exactly. It came through in the end. I think, <laughs> you see, I am an outdoor person. Yes, I, I, yeah. I never really enjoyed um, sort of run-of-the-mill humdrum, nine-to-five, working in an office. I... I'd, I could cope with doing it in London because it was quite an exciting um, subject that I was dealing with, and you know, you know, yes, we, we went to the theatre a lot, as I said. But um, yeah. so yes, it's definitely uh, that outdoors life is for me really. Brilliant. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're running a, your own business by this stage then yes. obviously self-employed but we're going in other people's gardens helping them design a bit yes. I guess how they yeah. going to see that and yeah. what happened then how did you develop from there um so then uh I was always involved in Fiddleworth Horticultural Society I was on the committee and uh for years and several years before that, um, they the village had entered Chelsea and did a small garden, one of the Ranella gardens. Right. And uh, they hadn't done it for a while. And then we thought, oh, it might be fun to do it again. So Beth, who's a really good friend of mine, um, also did garden designing. So we put in a design. She did the actual physical design I did the planting scheme yes and amazingly we got chosen you have to do fit in with some sort of criteria so there were certain things that they asked questions about we had to come back with an answer and yes we we got chosen and so it was very exciting oh gosh I and bet. it was and the village you know we had a small committee chelsea committee people and we grew a lot of the plants ourselves right um and so i think actually our garden was the cheapest you know we spent the least amount because it was all sort of a lot of homegrown things yes and and we got a silver gilt medal, which Absolutely was... Absolutely amazing. Yeah, astounding. It was, it was such a lovely experience. We loved it. Yes. But it was a lot of hard work. How, many, how long did it take you to put it together, sort of like to get once Chelsea was available to yeah, you? Yeah, so you put in the design, I think, in September. Um, October, maybe, I think, we, was when we were um, picked... Um, and then, obviously, you have to then think, right, how are we going to achieve it? So there was a lot of talk about we wanted it. It was a, a real Sussex garden. Oh. So we used Fiddleworth fill on, on the ground, so we had to get that all Is that sourced. some kind of a grit or a... Yes, it, it's of... a compacted um, sort of... I don't even know what stuff... It might have a little bit of... Lime in it. Mm -hmm. I yeah. don't really know. Fiddleworth. <laughs> it's one that a quarry. Yeah. A little quarry. And um, then we had a lovely rustic wooden fence which had to be made for us, and we had an arch. Mm. And then we did buy some of the plants, the bigger plants in. Mm. Um, so we had to 
decide where we're going to get them and and we had a lovely um, Lloyd Loon chair we had to look for that so it was all sort of planning over several months yes then I think the worst thing was you know keeping the getting the plants to be in their optimum um, bloom yeah and some of them looked like that they were going to be over so we had to some someone was keeping them in their dark garage <laughs> and then you suddenly think oh we better bring it out just yeah. in case yeah. so it was um uh, quite a lot of lot of work yeah a lot of stress a bit of stress yeah. <laughs> and because it was a few people involved there was a Yes, the odd crossword or two. <laughs> yeah. But so I think we we loved the experience. Yeah. We did talk about doing it again. Yeah. We looked into it and then we thought, yeah, no, I think we'll. Yeah, it must. It is exhausting, mm, isn't it? Because it then is. you you're up there for uh, the whole week. The whole yeah. week, but for that garden, it was good because obviously there was a team of us, so we took it in turns. Oh, um, yeah. But then I got, um, so a friend of mine who has a company called Fleur de Lis, mm. who does glass houses, conservatory, orangeries, that sort of thing. I used to help her when mm. she had big projects. And so then I, she had done Chelsea years ago, uh, but had, had a rest. So then I said to her, why don't we do it again? So that's when I got involved again in Chelsea in a different format, really. Okay. And we were in the big floral marquee. Oh, right, indoors. Yes. So completely different. Totally different. Yeah, so we had an Alitex greenhouse, Ooh. which they lent us. <laughs> um, and we had, it was part glazed, so half of it had the glass in, the other half no glass in, and then we packed it with lots of tender conservatory plants, oh. had them all spilling out of the, the side with no glass in, mm. and then around the edge, you know, we had some plants in pots and that sort of thing. So we did it. We got, I think, a silver gilt first year, which was great. Then we had a couple of years where I think we got another silver gilt and then we went down to a silver. And we were like, oh, no, we've got... Um, Can't have no, this going on. <laughs> we've got that up our game. Oh, so we then got a silver gilt again and we were... We Gosh, were so like, how many years are you entering it for? You must have been shattered. Uh, <laughs> year I after year. Maybe, actually, did we do it for four, maybe five years? Yeah. Wow. Um, and then <clears throat> we, we decided, right, we're going to go for the gold. And we went to a meeting uh, that they had up in London mm. um, to tell you, I think they changed their judging system a little bit. Okay. And they had uh, various judges and they talked to us about what they look for mm. and that sort of thing. And mm. so we had a, a little bit of a clearer idea about mm. how to go forward. Yes. And we did it. And walked away and thought, oh, I'm not sure, not sure if this is good enough. So it was amazing when we came that morning on the Monday, more Tuesday morning, 
and there was a gold medal oh and my it, was, goodness. it was amazing yeah fantastic but, yes. to have achieved it yes that's right all of that. yeah Marvelous. and then it is the whole show it's from eight in the morning till eight at night for from monday obviously is celebrity day which is very exciting mm. and then Yes, from Tuesday right through until Saturday. Mm. And then we used to break it down that night on Saturday after it had all closed, so we wouldn't get home till 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my word. Yeah. But it was, you were on such a high. Well, especially with the gold behind yes, it. Yeah, exactly. fantastic. But quite sad, isn't it, at the end of the whole week? Yes. Although I'm sure you've had enough by yeah, then. But, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, to sort of feel, see everything coming down yes, and being put away. Yes. And not only that, having to say goodbye to that Alitex greenhouse. <laughs> How yeah, sad. <laughs> They're very beautiful, wow. their greenhouses. Amazing. Yes. Yes. So, um, so yeah. one very exciting thing that actually thinking back I did was when I mentioned about when we opened for the National Garden Scheme in Fitworth with my cottage garden. Oh, yeah. We were actually on... Gardener's World, a special they did for the millennium, wow. where um, I didn't actually have Alan Titchmarsh coming, but I had a, a, a photographer called Clive Nichols, who's a very, very famous garden um, photographer. Yeah, he's used by yes. top gardeners. Yes. <laughs> so he came to our garden and they filmed him photographing the garden so they came at something like six five six o'clock in the morning right and I always used to uh, go out in my dressing gown and look around so I was on Gardener's World in no makeup with my dressing gown talking oh natural this is what we like this it's fine <laughs> but it was very it was a lovely thing to be involved in yeah um yeah, so, so it was a one-off special. That I think that's right. It was on Midsummer's Day in the year 2000 mm. to just show what gardeners all over the country were doing uh, on Midsummer's Day in the millennium. So, yes. Fantastic. So I think when I look back, I've done had some quite exciting things happen. Well, you've been yes. at the you're top of the horticultural <laughs> tree, that's for sure, well, haven't you? <laughs> Gardener in 2011. That's okay. right. In February 2011. 2011. And yes. you, you, you knew you were coming to sort of help, I guess, because of the weddings you mentioned. They were wanting to develop the garden. That's right. And somebody was leaving. So yes. You, what was so, your brief as you came here then? What were they asking you to do? They basically came in and said that they wanted it to be more flowery obviously ro romantic because it was a wedding venue yes. there were certain areas that desperately needed um a revamp really yes um and so it's been a gradual thing i think we started off i think maybe for the first three years doing sort of bigger projects each year like we turn the quadrangle triangle into a an area where people ha have their seating area for their reception. Now the quadrangle is where you come into first of all, is it? Uh, it's just first? off. It's near the the entrance. So you come through a big uh, green 
double gates. Yes. And it's to your left you go through. And that was literally a... There were some old sheds there. There was a lean-to sort of corrugated plastic roof. It was uh, it was just a, a mess, yeah. and so it was all completely cleared out and uh, mainly laid hard um, s- slabs and some grass, uh, gr- not s- not grass, sorry, gravel. Yeah. And then around the edge is planted um, mainly with you know roses and lots of things like that, sort of not. So much coming out, but going up the walls. Okay, lots spilling of out a little then. bit. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Lovely. Um, so that's a lovely place. So that was a big one of the big projects we did, and mm. and then ever since then, uh, it's getting better and better. Really, it's evolving. Yeah. I'm just adding little things to it um, each year, like in the Dutch garden, which is well over a hundred years. Lots of uh, topiary um, and there were it was all just getting a bit big there were some big blocky um, hedges which we've taken out completely so that's uh, my new thing this year as I'm, I'm just adding more flowers into that area where we've taken out the box hedging okay the Greek loggia that's full of things that were brought back from Greece from uh, one of their ancestors, who oh, is oh the name he has probably did the grand tour or something like yeah. that. Yes, he went over there and he saw them smashing the churches down because they were doing that at that time of the period, which I can't remember when it is. I should know more about history. Um, and so he came and he brought them back. So I think it was in eighteen. 53 or something brought them back so the Greek loggia has got lots of these objects that are from church in Greece. Yes, goodness. <laughs> yes. So, I mean to be running a garden of this size yes. and to the level that it is yes. it's very impressive. It is but it? I absolutely love it, it's my mm-hmm. love and I, I would actually give up any of the other jobs that I'm doing, but I'm, I never want to give up this. I'll be here till I'm 80, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> yes. Which areas of it do you like best of all? Which are your...? Um, I always said the Dutch garden was my favourite. Yes. But I don't know why. Um, it's just, it's, I like the fact that it's quite romantic in that it's formal, mm. but then I plant informally within the formality if you see what I mean yes but um so but now maybe the harp garden is becoming uh, more of my baby I do a lot of more colorful planting in there right um why the harp garden why is it called harp? it's the harp garden because in the middle yes. it has a, a quite formal round pond and it has an Aeonian heart sculpture in the middle. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's... So I think 
The reason we gave them all names was obviously, I think, to do with the wedding business, really, that uh, you had to, to describe a, an area. Obviously, you couldn't say, well, that part of the garden, that part of the garden. It ha had to have a name. Yes. So I think that's why we, we have done that. Mm. Um, so, yes, so in the, in the Dutch garden, I used to do more blues and whites. We have lots of uh, white dahlias and things in the, in the summer. Mm. But in the heart garden, there are a lot more colour, um, sort of dark pinks, and uh, again, some dahlias, roses, Queen of Queen of Sweden mm. is all along one wall, which is a wonderful rose that mm. uh, flowers, you know, constantly really good doer. Mm. Mm. Um, and then I suppose now I'm quite, we have an orchard, which really has been neglected and we've had to get rid of some of the trees, um, were not looking good. So it's opened out a bit more and we're trying to make that into more of a wild, flower area. Lovely. So we planted um, a lot of um, oxide daisies which have now really established themselves and so I'm trying to just add more. I've, I've just bought some uh, campion seeds mm. uh, which I'm going to sprinkle around try and get campion in there. Mm. We've planted fritillarias in the autumn Gorgeous. which is starting to just come up. We tried them in another area of the garden and they were completely eaten by squirrels and then the odd one that came up, the pheasants came, pet the heads off. So we yeah, had... Wildlife is all very well, but exactly. it needs to keep out really, doesn't it? So we oh. had to bring it into, yes, into the more formal area of the garden. So right. anyway, hopefully we've got camassias in there, which mm -hmm. um, blue and white ones. Mm. And we have some white tulips in there as well. So that actually is, uh, certainly in the spring, is my one of my favorite areas yeah, lovely yeah. lovely yeah. and are, are there trees in the orchard still i mean in terms yes. of like yes. are they apples or mainly apples yeah. yeah mainly apples we have got um a quince in there but that's not looking so good now mm. uh, we did have a meddler but that unfortunately that died but so it is mainly apples apples yeah. and then we have we have a lovely swimming pool and to walk to the swimming pool you walk under an apple arch oh. which is that's lovely yes, yes. wonderful yes oh. and what happens to the apples do you uh, well unfortunately um we don't really do a lot we we have tried to store them mm. um not terribly successfully mm. um so and we just obviously give them away and oh, nice, I yeah. have lots of apple crumples. Well, this is the cure of the family and uh, uh, everybody. And then, actually, I must mention another part, which... So Beth, who I was involved in the Fittleworth Chelsea Garden. Yes. She uh, used to work at Parham, which is a, a lovely uh, estate near here, near Storrington. Yes. And she was involved in the flower arranging... Oh. and learnt a lot um, about growing cut flowers. Mm. So she has what was originally our vegetable 
garden. Ned and Claire weren't that keen on carrying on the vegetables because it's very intense, lots of work. Yeah. Uh, certainly not something that I have any expertise in. And so it was just not not being used. So yeah. I got in Beth involved here. So her and her husband Wade uh, grow a lot of flowers which are then used in the uh, the weddings. Oh, so it's lovely that we can yeah. people can come here, see all the flowers growing and then she will arrange. She's lovely, uh, does very natural arrangements. She's she actually did them for my wedding as well. We got married last year. Oh, lovely. Not here. We got married in Stockholm, which is a lovely little church, but we had our reception here. Oh, um, gosh. So it, it's, it's lovely. Yes. It's, and what yes. kind of cut flowers does she grow? Do you get involved with it, or do you just leave that to No, her? no. That's, that's their that's her. <laughs> baby, their business, really. Yes. So, no, though, lots of the cosmos, very natural things ammy um she she grows uh, variegated mint she did a little sort of breezer grasses so it is lots and lots of stuff and lots of dahlias for later oh, on wonderful um, yeah yes. the autumn weddings yes like, yes. late summer yes yeah oh my word so it, it's fun because yes. um they're really good friends of mine um, and so whenever they're there, I go and have a coffee and a chat and a bit of a gossip about yes. what's happening in Fiddleworth. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yes. It sounds as if your, you know, your, what drove you initially was the actual, rather than the designs of gardens and the sort of um, landscaping side yes. and all that, it's really the plants. Oh, would absolutely. you say you're a plant swimmer? That I part? am completely. That's, I, I would never say I'm a garden designer. No. And I always feel a bit not a fraud but I I will but I will openly say I am a plant woman and I always used to say I was a plantaholic yes <laughs> um I cannot go anywhere without buying a plant absolutely not or more than one plant you've got um, one or two here though haven't you oh. But that's what actually is so nice now that I can go somewhere and because I now have a very small garden, a seaside garden in, in uh, Emsworth. Right. So I haven't really got much room to expand my ever increasing desire to buy plants. <laughs> but I have it here. You do. <laughs> so um, I'm starting to get more unusual things. Oh, um, okay. Because that's where... I don't like, I can't say I don't like the bog standard plants, that's silly to say that, but I am very interested in all different species and just something a bit unusual that you've never seen before. Yeah, you know. and what's, what's your current passion then? <laughs> oh, that's so hard. People always say to me, what's your favourite plant? And Oh, that's too hard. That's, that's far, that would be far me. too hard. But I mean, you collect, so, you know, some people go after snowdrops or... Pelagoniums mm. or yes, you, you... I I I wouldn't say that it's anything I particularly mm. have a grand collection of. It's just everything. I mean, in the greenhouse here where we're sitting, um, we've got quite a lot of scented pelagoniums, yes. which um, I'm 
sort of adding to each year. Um, yeah. And they're in full flower, these pelargoniums. Well, you wouldn't think it was March no. in here, would you? No. But it's not, is it heated in here? No. No, well, it's not. I mean, it was originally, years and years ago, there were yes. all these big pipes that, um, you know, heated the greenhouse. Now we have a very small little heater oh, right, yeah. in the corner that uh, just comes on to take the frost off. Yes. Um, but everything seems to cope with it. They're, they're all doing really well. Yes, yes. And I've just literally gave them a feed last week. Um, I'm f we, we have a, another a cedar greenhouse which has a tank of rainwater so I do try and water them with rainwater as, as well yes so um but yeah because we it, we have a bit more warmth now and you know the lights a bit you know in the evening yeah. everything's starting to you know take off light. again yeah. thank goodness yes. Yes. you've got some beautiful succulents here too yes and uh, that's another thing actually that um I've started to yes collect a few more things and we I did go to Madeira uh, in November came back with a couple of little things <laughs> yes and I'm not I am known occasionally for just take I went to Italy and took a little cutting of a few things and brought them back and <laughs> got them going so <laughs> should I say that I don't know <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> I'm not sure. They are cuttings. Yeah. Oh, I think I think the case is that you're not really supposed to bring anything with soil. Yeah. Yes. Because cuttings uh, but cuttings are all right, I think. <laughs> Good. Yes. So in in the garden itself then, Louise, what what are the uh, key plants that you would recommend people perhaps have a go at in their own gardens and you know what do you find really good and reliable and that you always turn to are there any so there's uh, one of the things i love are euphorbias now some people do not like them mm. and obviously they have their poisonous sap mm. but architecturally they look amazing um and certainly now at this time of year they have such a zingy a green, greeny yellow head to them, mm. and they really stand out. So I, I do recommend that. But obviously, if people have young children or any anything, it's not actually a recommended plant to have for that. Mm. Um, and then I am a great lover of roses and clematis. I love uh, roses. You know the sort of David Austin, the more um, old-fashioned type. Yes. Ones that flower uh, sort of constantly. Mm. Salvias. Mm. Now, salvias are my a, a great thing, and we've mm. discovered because we do have a deer problem here. Oh, oh dear. Oh dear. Yes, a big deer problem. Yeah. And mm. we've had to put in the formal gardens. We had to put deer fencing all the way round because they were getting in no matter how. Mm. Um, but when you walk up to the house, uh, there's a big uh, shrubbery area with a nice wall and whatever I was putting there, they were eating. Oh. But we've discovered they don't like salvias. <gasps> so we've got lots of the, the, the shrubby ones that come in so many different colours, purples, whites, pinks, bright pink. Yeah. Um, very easy to take cuttings from. 
flower throughout the summer. But they're tender, are they? No. Oh, they're not? No, no. What, what you do is don't cut them down to the ground at the end of the year. Just leave them so that they've got some protection and then come sort of this time of year, you can sort of cut them to, you see new growth coming at the bottom. But no. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yes. I think maybe, and it's probably something to do with climate change, but there's an awful lot of plants that were classed as tender that aren't anymore. Right. Uh, or certainly, you know, we, in the south, we haven't really had constant cold weather for weeks and weeks and weeks we luckily we we haven't yeah um so yes salvias and then there's the other type the the salvia caradonna which is um more of a herbaceous rather than a shrub that is a lovely really dark sort of bluey purple color um, and that I'm a great lover of that. That looks great. Um, yes. Planted with you know general herbaceous things. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. We try lupins, which I do love lupins. We try them, but just have no success at all. I don't know why. Oh. Um, we do suffer a bit with slugs. Right. Um, and also the the soil is um, it's layer of clay underneath, so it, it does get quite wet in the winter. So when you, when you say underneath, what, on top is it more chalky then? or No, no, no it's quite a good loam. Oh, okay. Um, it's, it's, we are slight acid, I mean we can grow rhododendrons yeah. and everything, so it is naturally um, an, an acidic garden, but the, the sort of formal garden, is whether it has been, you know, added to over the years, I don't know. But there is, yeah, the clay is probably about two feet down. Mm. So um, there are certain areas that do get quite wet. Yeah. Um, so you have to plant things that can cope with that. So, again, we've tried delphiniums and they can't mm. deal with it either. Mm. So, um, yeah. Yes, and then choose carefully. I've always been a great lover of gravel gardens. Yes, mainly because one of my heroines was Beth Chateau. Yes, um, who she's famous for her gravel gardens, mm. and so we have areas in the garden that, uh, in particular, the ceremony garden, which have gravel paths. So I plant in the gravel. Mm. Um, and that's I love I love that I yeah so that helps the drainage obviously um, having the gravel so. yes absolutely yeah. yeah so that's where we can grow the euphorbias that sort of thing because and those euphor- are hot drier areas like exactly yeah. they are and that's why euphorbias again don't really like wet soil either mm-hmm. so yeah so there's certain things you can grow in certain areas and you know vice versa yeah. And I love agapanthus as well. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yes, That's I think quite an architectural it plant, is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It, it's funny because I, I, like two th- I like architectural plants and romantic flowy plants, and I think you can easily do the two together. You yes. don't have to have one or the other. Yes. And I think, uh, I think that's why a lot of people 
like the garden because it, it has formality, but then also a bit of a romantic, flowing informality about it. It's not so so structured. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. So as well as Beth, you mentioned Beth Chatto and of course your mother who was a professional yes, gardener. Yes. Who, who else would you um, say have um, oh, also, influenced you in uh, terms Penelope Hobhouse. I mean, I yeah. Tintin Hull, her garden there. I used to be a member of the Hardy Plant Society, mm. the Sussex group, and uh, Mum and I used to go to a lot of their talks. To they used to have garden weekends uh, in Somerset and various places we used to go to. So I've just uh, there was there are certain gardens that really appealed to me. Mm. Um, actually, Jean Jackman, who I think you have done um, talk to her. Yes, uh, she was quite a big influence on me when I first started out um, yes. because she again did a lot of informal uh, gravel planting mm. um, so and also there was a great garden called Hatspen in Somerset which is now no more but um, their colour schemes um, the popes who, who planted it were just amazing I think that was like a wow for me because I love yeah. The one I I am artistic. Yes. Um, and I love putting colours together. Um, I always think about the shapes and the forms and that sort of thing. Um, so I'm lucky that that I have an eye for that sort of thing. Yes. I haven't learned that. That's just you know, innate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you yes. paint as well? Any? Do you? I I don't really have time. No. <laughs> I I have. I did start, I went to um, life drawing uh, classes um, in the evenings um, for, and did that for a few years, but then I, I think I got a bit bored with it. Okay, yeah. yeah. They weren't plants, were they? But I, I tell you one thing that's very exciting. My daughter is an artist and she now is starting to do botanical painting and that sort of thing. And she's in getting excited about gardening now. And, oh, how lovely. And it's just, it's all gone full self circle, really, that I used to do those things with my mum. Yes. And we used to, say, go to garden centres and gardens and now I'm doing it with my daughter. I say I have three daughters. She's my eldest one. Yes. Um, and my both the others are actually getting into gardening. Oh, yes. wonderful. Yes. <laughs> you're, never, you're never going to be without no. gardens, are you? I know. And Nancy, actually, my youngest, she comes sometimes to help. She's very good at clearing areas. She'll just have, um, you know, I'll say, right, pull all those out, clear it, and she, she just gets to work. So it's quite handy having yeah, another volunteer. Yes, and then my <laughs> middle daughter, Ferreti, who lives in Somerset, she's just getting her first garden together, oh, and I've been helping her. So, yes. Non-stop, really. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you never I get know. a break from it. No, but oh. I don't mind. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. It's been really interesting and wonderful to talk to you today. Oh. And uh, Bigner Park is just looking fantastic. And it's a shame all, it has just started raining a little bit, so uh, I'm sorry we haven't got out into the garden, but we'll save it for another day, perhaps. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Oh.
information about Bigner Park, visit the website www.bignerpark.co.uk where you'll find a wealth of information about the estate, the gardens and their history. For anyone wanting to explore the possibility of using Bigner as a wedding venue, the contact details are on the site as well. And they also host corporate and arts events and can offer pre-arranged group tours of the house and gardens. The gardens themselves are open to the public as part of the National Garden Scheme and this year they'll be opening from 2 to 5pm on Tuesday the 3rd of May, Tuesday the 14th of June and Tuesday the 13th of September. Do go and visit, it's a really special place and they have fab tea and cake. If you'd like to, please do follow me on Instagram at In The Weeds With Anne. Thanks very much for listening and see you next time in the weeds. Thank you.